G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Well, the whole world continues to be on edge, concerned about the potential for escalation of the war between Israel and the terror organisation Hamas. Israel has resumed its ground offensive in Gaza in an effort to defend against more repeats of the October 7th terror attacks. Now, there are some more fears that are rising over increased tensions, including an attack on a U.S. warship in the Red Sea by Yemen's Houthi group. The Christian Broadcasting Network has been covering the conflict in their Middle East Bureau, and our pleasure and privilege to welcome Chris Mitchell, the CBN Middle East Bureau Chief. Chris, a special welcome along to 2020. It's great to be with you, Neil. Good day. Good day to you. Hey, Chris, uh, Israel's resumed its ground offensive after the temporary truce. Uh, Any attack against Israel has a significant consequence these days, doesn't it, with a heavy response. Uh, What are your thoughts on what's happened since the offensive has resumed? Well, Neil, in the last few days, they've uh, continued the fighting in northern Gaza, but significantly they've moved south to uh, places like Khan Yunus, and uh, that's where right now probably most of the Hamas terrorists are and their infrastructure uh, that remains. So this is a big deal in terms of uh, what Israel wants to do to eradicate uh, Hamas and uh, eliminate them as a threat to people on the southern border. There's thousands of uh, Israelis right now that haven't been able to move into those communities. Many of them are agricultural communities. Uh, Some are trying to do some planting right now, but uh, this is a, this is probably the biggest push right now, and I think they're a bit of a, under a time constraint. Neil, the United States is putting pressure on them to uh, to speed up the process and try to uh, put the uh, put the campaign on on a on a fast track, so to speak, while trying to uh, uh, protect c- civilians. They really had a map uh, just a day or two ago, Neil, where Gazans can go and find safe zones while the military campaign is going on. Now, so far as the hostages go, uh, there were about 100 released during that temporary truce. That would mean, uh, by mathematic uh, calculations, still around 140 remain. Your thoughts, Chris, from on the ground in Israel, are hopes fading for those remaining hostages? Neil, it's going to be very hard to find those hostages, especially with the military campaign going on. Hamas is saying that they're not going to negotiate anymore until the war is over. Uh, that 139, I think exactly, about 15 women, two children right now. Uh, it's got to be heart-wrenching for those families of those loved ones, uh, whether or not they're ever going to see their loved ones alive again. It does, the hope is, uh, is fading for them. Uh, so, but people are still praying and still hoping that uh, they can somehow be uh, rescued and returned to their families. At one point, Hamas was wanting to negotiate with the corpses of dead Jews. Can you reflect at all on 
how ordinary Israelis were feeling about the thought that that was a negotiation tool? Well, it's, it's something uh, that I've seen here in Israel for the last 20 years or so is that they highly value life and even even the, the body of a, a dead, <clears throat> dead Jew, a dead person, uh, whether it's a soldier or a civilian, uh, they'll do whatever they can to recover that, uh, that body. Uh, Hamas knows that, and uh, they are big bargaining chips for, uh, for Hamas. And they knew that when they were doing on, uh, what they did on October 7th by re- uh, kidnapping about 240 Israelis. They, they knew how much Israelis value life, and, and sometimes the bargaining is uh, completely out of proportion. For example, back in 2011, one soldier, Gilad Shalit, was, uh, <clears throat> was swapped for over 1,100 Hamas terrorists, including a man named Yahya Sinwa, who is now the head of Hamas inside Gaza. So uh, I think Israelis are uh, used to that kind of negotiations. Uh, the concern, though, sometimes is right now it seems like some of these hostages have actually been murdered in captivity. Chris, how do you describe the determination by Israel to eliminate Hamas as a threat uh, all of these challenging things that are developing and uh, negotiations over hostages, uh, is this just, uh, uh, is this just uh, causing the resolve of the Israelis to be very definite that they will eliminate Hamas? I think so. October 7th, uh, Neil was a game changer. You know, they had lived with Hamas since 2007 when Hamas took over the Gaza Strip and took over from the Palestinian Authority, and they were willing to go ahead and endure uh, these brief <clears throat> conflicts like 2008, 2012, 14, uh, and 21, where they would maybe get uh, 10 days of fighting and endure uh, rocket attacks of several thousand rockets. But October 7 changed everything, and they are unwilling to live with Hamas, which really has constructed what some have called the uh, largest terror base in the world. Uh, probably well over a billion dollars spent on the tunnels and the infrastructure that's uh, near homes, schools, mosques, uh, even amusement parks and parks and kindergartens. Uh, and that's why it's taking so long for Israel to literally uh, <clears throat> dismantle these tunnels and the infrastructure. But I think in terms of the Israelis, they're not willing to, uh, to live with uh, Hamas on its border anymore to do what they did on October 7th. Chris, we were hearing that Israelis have been very united by this war crisis uh, because up until the attack on October 7th, there had been quite significant division uh, politically uh, within Israel. Uh, But since then, we've heard of uh, prayers on television networks ordinarily that were very secularised and IDF soldiers singing psalms as they head off towards Gaza and even open reconciliation on television. Is this something that you've observed? Yes, I've observed it, uh, Neil, and actually uh, and heard the same reports that you have had. Uh, one, one report we heard of uh, two, two uh, tank operators in the same tank on the different sides politically, but uh, because they're in such close quarters and fighting together against Hamas, uh, they talked it over and they found out they're about 90% of the things they agreed on. So I would say the two things is there's a unity there that is remarkable since October 7th, unlike it was the number of months before that. And the other thing I, I think is really many Jews are turning back to, uh, to faith in God. 
uh, praying more and uh, and looking to the Psalms or to the prayers. I think that's definitely something going on, not only in the military, but here in the civilian population as well. Jews turning back to God. Uh, That's a very significant development. How are Jews dealing with reports that must be coming in from all over the world of different nations and protests on the streets, arising anti-Semitism? Is this something that's worrying people who are Jewish people in Israel? Definitely. And not only there, Neil, here, but uh, around the world, I would say. And I've never experienced or heard the stories of Jews that are fearful to uh, identify themselves as Jews, like wearing a kippah or sometimes these strings around the waist, faltitsi. In fact, the uh, National Security Council just yesterday released another advisory, a travel advisory to uh, Israelis or Jews around the world uh, to be careful of where they go. To be, to be alert on their surroundings, not to go near demonstrations, and actually not even to wear uh, anything that would identify themselves as, uh, as being Jews. So they're very, very concerned. They're very uh, <clears throat> anxious, and, uh, and I, I've never seen anything quite like that. The one thing, Neil, I think they really appreciate is the support and prayers of Christians uh, during this time. And Chris, when I mentioned in the introduction concerns about an escalation of the conflict, uh, the Yemen Houthi group that attacked a U.S. warship, and of course there are skirmishes that are still happening on the northern border with Hezbollah and uh, even uh, issues around uh, what's happening with West Bank. Uh, How concerned are ordinary Israelis about the possibility of escalation with these sorts of conflict uh, developments? Very concerned. Uh, you know, Neil, it's, some people think this is really just the beginning of the war, not, not, uh, <clears throat> not maybe the end of the war, the beginning of the end. But as you said, the Houthis down in uh, Yemen, they seem to be uh, uh, attacking shipping there, which is in terms of uh, Israel, almost like a de facto naval blockade. You have Hezbollah, which is 10 to 15 times stronger than Hamas. And uh, also you have militias Iranian-backed militias in uh, Syria and Iraq that, uh, that have involved to some degree right now. I think the, uh, the, one of the main things, Neil, is the fact that Iran is really the one pulling the strings behind here and trying to keep the, uh, the conflict going, maybe not on a full-scale war. I'm not sure they want to go into that so much, but right now they're keeping certainly what's going on in Lebanon and the Houthis on a, on a scale that really is very unsettling. And uh, uh, many people are concerned that it might get to a regional conflict much more than they than it is right now. When we think of Iran funding Houthis and uh, funding Hamas and uh, funding Hezbollah, some controversies around the thought that uh, the U.S. is continuing to plow billions into Iran. But it seems to be that some of that funding is going back into those nations that are even working against Israel and against the U.S. Is, is there anything from your end in Israel around uh, those sorts of controversies? Oh, for sure. And they're very concerned that uh, while they appreciate the support of the United States, the military support, the, uh, the weapons and the, and the armaments and uh, two air, aircraft carriers here in the region, on the other hand, they seem to be uh, funding uh, all this foment around the, uh, the Middle East uh, sponsored by Iran. Six billion dollars for five hostages. And then just a couple of weeks ago, they released maybe 10 billion dollars 
because of Iran and uh, lifting sanctions off Iraqi oil that was going to be sold to Iran. So very concerned. It almost seems like they're playing both sides, trying to appease Iran uh, in terms of its uh, nuclear program, likely, but also funding what's uh, happening right now, whether it's Hamas, Hezbollah, or the Houthis. Well, Chris, just wonderful to make a connection with you with the Christian Broadcasting Network, CBN. Chris Mitchell is the Middle East Bureau Chief. And I might just add uh, CBN.com to connect with Christian Broadcasting Network, CBN.com. Chris, thanks so much for a great update today here on 2020. Great to be with you, Neil. And uh, just a reminder for people to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, prayer really, really makes a difference here and, uh, and here in Jerusalem as well as Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.